ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 Purpose Girls. So I was going to do another Q&A episode today, but I got a question that really inspired me to create a whole episode. And the question was from a beautiful woman, we'll call her S. She asked me, how do I bounce back from losing my mom? How do I bounce back from losing my best friend, from losing the love of my life? And it brought such a tear to my eye because I could so resonate. First of all, as my mom gets older, it literally pains my heart. It literally, like, I'll start crying right now. <laughs> you know I will because I do it on this podcast. If I think about my mom passing and though I am blessed that my mom is still with me, with us, and healthy. Thank you, God. Thank you, goddess. I have certainly experienced a lot of traumas in my life. And the question is, how do we bounce back from the depths of the depths of the depths of the dark? Because here we are on the Purpose Girl podcast. Here we are in our Purpose Girl community talking about how to be the light, how to be happy. But it would be a spiritual bypass if we just try to brush over it and put lipstick on a trauma, right? If we just say, oh, well, it was meant to be, or oh, it's I'm okay. Oh, I've got to be strong for everybody else. Like, there is time for that. Like, sometimes that's the role we have to play. And we need a community. We need a place. We need people with whom we can be real. And we need tools and we need strategies to not only bounce back, but to grow. And to not yet bounce back, but to first grieve and feel. Because my dear friends, you are entitled to all of your feelings. This life is messy. This life is filled with a lot of joy and rainbows and butterflies and beautiful skies and water and fun. And it's filled with a lot of grief and a lot of pain and a lot of trauma and a lot of challenge. And a lot of infuriating, anger-producing situations. And a woman, right? The, a happy woman is a radiant woman. And a radiant woman can only be as radiant, right? Our radiance, our ability to shine light is only as great as our ability to move through the depths of our darkness. If you just bypass the darkness, you will bypass your ability to have ultimate light. And so today's episode of the Purpose Girl podcast is all about what do we do in the hardest of the hard situations? What do we do with it? How do we move through it? And how do we not only bounce back, but to grow from it? And I'm going to share with you the most painful day of my entire life. And you know, I've had several. And I'm going to share my own way of moving through it in order to hopefully help inspire you share with you, teach with you, experience with you how we all can elevate, how we all can turn pain into purpose. 
Of course, before I get into this episode, I want to share the review of the week. This review is five-star review called Truly Transformational. I recently discovered this podcast and have been binge listening from my home base in Bali, Indonesia. It is truly a podcast of the times and will help any woman step into her true power. Thank you. This is coming from Christina via Apple Podcasts in Canada. So sounds like Christina is Canadian, living in Indonesia. And Christina, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so honored that my podcast is helping you step into your power. And I want to thank you for leaving your review. You leaving that five-star review helps every woman from Canada to Indonesia, every country and continent in between, helps every woman to find the Purpose Girl podcast. So if you have not yet left a review, please pause this for just two minutes. Hop on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a five-star, one-sentence review. I might read it on air, which is kind of fun. And you leaving that, the more reviews we have, the more women find our podcast. And that's how we build community. That's how we're changing the world one woman at a time. So thank you in advance for doing that. So prompted by this listener's question, it also happens to be that today, the day I am taping this podcast, is the nine-year anniversary of my dear friend Ed's death. And so I dedicate this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast to Ed. Wherever you are, thank you for shining your light and being with me every day. I want to tell you a little bit about Ed. Ed worked in my condominium building when I was living in Cleveland, Ohio. And Ed actually ran the garage. And he was so wonderful. First of all, he also was my dog walker. So he would walk my little Henry, who has since passed away also. He walked Henry every single day. And when I woke up in the morning, my car would be washed when I pulled in, he would help me with my groceries. Like Ed was always there for me. And he was so supportive. And I would tell Ed about my dreams and he would tell me about his. And he had this dream of being in the military. Now, Ed was 42 years old when he passed away. And the, in the United States, 42 is the age cutoff for the military. And Ed would share with me his life. He had not had an easy life. He had made a bunch of mistakes when he was younger. He had gotten into some really bad situations. But Ed pulled out of it, right? He didn't stay in the difficult situations, in the kind of bad boy persona that he had been trying to do when he was younger. And he really pulled out of it. And he became this beautiful, mature, upstanding citizen. He ran a couple of businesses. He ran the garage. I mean, he was, he was beautiful, a beautiful man. He had a son and was really working hard to repair the relationship with his son. He was engaged to be married to a woman who I loved. Like, Ed was, he was a very special man. And I came home one day from work and started talking to him, and he started sharing that he had never been out on Lake Erie. Now, we lived in Cleveland, Ohio, which is on Lake Erie, and he had lived there his whole life. And I said, well, I have a boat. He said, I've never been on a boat. I said, well, why don't you come out on my boat? So... We made a plan for July 24th for him to come out on my boat. It was a Saturday and it was actually a little bit of a cloudy day. And they were even talking about storms later in the day. So we decided we needed to go out early. It was maybe 11 or 12 o'clock. And so he met me down at my dock and he showed up with a couple cans of beer for him. And I had Diet Coke for me and maybe a bag of chips. I can't remember. And we walked to the boat and we started taking the boat out. Now we took the boat out and we were the only people on Lake Erie. 
I swear, we had the entire lake to ourselves. Now, if you're not familiar with Lake Erie, so in the United States, there are there's something called the Great Lakes, and they are huge. They're not like a normal lake. They look more like an ocean. You can't see across them. They're enormous. And so we had all of this lake to ourselves. And we were just spinning around and we were zooming and going fast and then we would slow down and we were just having such a ball. And I specifically remember driving the boat and Ed, you know, in front of me was just laughing. His smile was so huge. He was having like the time of his life, like the best day. He looked like a king on his throne sitting at the front of my boat. And then he asked if he could drive. So he drove the boat and he was just wheeling it around and laughing and having so much fun. And so I realized the storms were going to come in a little earlier than we thought. So I said, well, let's, if we want to swim in the lake, we need to anchor now. So we threw down our anchor. Ed whips off his top. He told me he was a really good swimmer. And he stood at the back of my boat. Actually, he, he sat at the back. He turned around and he smiled and waved to me. Beautiful picture I have. <laughs> I still have it in my mind. And then Ed, like a swan, dove beautifully into the water beautiful dive. You could tell he was a swimmer and he had told me that he swam for years. And so he dove in and I was about to take off my shirt. I had a bathing suit under, underneath and was about to dive in after him. And I noticed that he was struggling. He was treading water and I could hear, like it seemed like his breath was, he was out of breath. And so I said, Ed, are you okay? And he barely choked out that he was, he was struggling and needed help. And and I said, okay, you know, I'm, I'm coming. And I said, do you want me to get the boat a little bit closer? Because at that point it had drifted off maybe 10 feet or 15 feet. And so he said yes or nodded yes. And I turned the boat a little bit closer. I couldn't get too close to him because then the motor would hurt him. And so I got the boat closer to him. And he was really struggling at that point. And he was flopping his arms. And I could tell that he was struggling with his breath. And so I grabbed the rope, the closest thing to me, and I started throwing the rope. And I said, Ed, catch the rope. And he wasn't catching it. And so I would take it back and I threw it again. Ed, catch the rope. And I took it back and I threw it again. Ed, catch the rope. And then his head slowly sank underneath. And I screamed my head off. I didn't know what to do. And so... I, of course, called 911, and the Coast Guard came out, tried to find him, and couldn't. And that day on July 24th, Ed passed on. Now, a lot ensued after that. The Coast Guard came, hooked up my boat. I couldn't drive. I threw up the entire way back. The police questioned me, you know, gave me a breathalyzer, make sure I wasn't drinking and I wasn't, questioned me, were we some sort of lover or something had happened? And of course it didn't. And police questioning went on two, three times over the next however many weeks, which I totally understand. Some of his friends blamed me, put all over social media that I was a murderer, all these things, which of course were not true. And I will tell you that this was five weeks before I was supposed to go off to graduate school. And as you'll recall from episode number one of the Purpose Girl podcast, I had waited eight years from the time that I knew that I wanted to empower you, empower women, empower people to go after their dreams as a motivational speaker and a coach. I had waited eight years to finally do it. 
And when Ed passed, it was five weeks away from when I was finally taking that leap, when I was finally starting graduate school to get my master's degree in positive psychology from the University of Pennsylvania. It was five weeks away. When Ed passed, I thought, there's no way I'm going to graduate school. If Ed can't live, I shouldn't be allowed to live. I would rack my brain that maybe all those people calling me mean names were right. What could I have done differently? This was my fault. I mean, I, I went through the ringer and had decided, forget it, I'm not going to school. I thought I should just be punished for the rest of my life. My mom came to be with me and to help me through it. Friends were incredible. They were with me. They came to his funeral with me. It was, it was quite a time. His sister and I became very close, actually, from it. But I really thought, I can't, who am I? I can't go pursue this dream now. And I almost let this tragedy completely take me down. And then through talking with his sister, actually, building that relationship, connecting with her and her family on such a deep soul level, she said, I don't blame you, Karen. This was not your fault. You gave Ed the time of his life that day. And I really sat with it. And then I started looking through the pictures. And you know what? I did give Ed the time of his life that day. He went out living fully alive. He went out living so fully, so happy. You could see it in his smile, in his picture. I had never seen him smile like that. And then as the process continued with police and insurance and all of this, Ed's body came up to shore and they did an autopsy. And what they found is that Ed's body had been chock full of cocaine. Now, I've never done cocaine. I don't know anything about it. But what I did know was that Two weeks before I took Ed out on the boat, he had been rejected from the military for a heart condition. And what I then came to understand from his family was that those two weeks, he had been partying and trying to numb and drown out his sorrows. And so as I thought about how Ed was having the time of his life that day on the boat with me and how in some ways he had killed himself, he didn't intend to, but with that much cocaine in his body, he wasn't going to survive. And how all Ed wanted was to go into the military and serve our country. And how he felt like he couldn't live his purpose. I realized I must live my purpose. I must go to graduate school. I must get these tools to teach you and teach everyone on earth to be alive now. To live fully now. To pursue every dream now. And that if one door closes like it did on Ed, then to help you find where's the next door. Because that has happened to me a million times in my life. One door closes and I just have to look for the next door. In fact, that's how this podcast got started. I had been a guest expert on SiriusXM, which is a national broadcasting network here in the United States, for five years. And then the show got canceled. So I said, well, I guess it's time to do my own podcast. It's time to do my own show. Let's do it. So I think about how Ed understandably responded, reacted to his dream dying of being in the military. And I wish if I could do anything, I wish I had known how he had been rejected. I wish I had known how much pain he was in because I could have helped him turn that pain into purpose. I could have helped him get to the heart of what was it about the military? What was it that he was desiring? Who was he? I could have helped him get there and find another avenue for him so that he didn't have to numb out. He didn't have to bypass his feelings. He didn't have to do all that cocaine and that he didn't have to die. But I promised myself that I would pursue my purpose in Ed's name. And that's really what I do. I think of Ed almost every day. 
here over at Purpose Girl headquarters. So I went to graduate school and I learned and I studied and I started creating new theories around purpose and I wrote papers that were passionate and I talked about Ed. In fact, the final night of my graduate program, we did this beautiful collective ceremony where each one of us would stand up in front of the entire class and just share whatever words were on our heart. And that night I shared how that year had been for Ed. And just recently, like a couple of months ago, I was at an event where I ran into Dr. Martin Seligman, who is the founder and father of positive psychology. And he said to me, I still remember your speech that night. It was so amazing. You did this for your friend who had died. And I thought, wow, you remember that? But this is what we do with trauma and tragedy. This is what I want to teach you on this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast is how you take your pain and you turn it into purpose, not as a bypass, because we've got to feel the pain. I'm going to go through each of the steps. And then you are able to rise up. So to my listener, as to all of you out there, and all of us are going through something, whether it's big T trauma, like divorce, abuse, a loved one passing, infertility, or what I still consider to be traumas, we might call them little T's, the old stories that we have from when we were younger, right? One of my clients who has had the story of the girls in middle school not sitting with her at lunch and how we had to heal that and help arise from that, even though it was 20, 30 years ago, or how another one of my coaching clients, what was holding her back from really living her purpose was the quote unquote little T trauma of hearing that artists don't make any money. Well, that stuck with her like an actual trauma and tragedy because art was her life. And so we had to rewire that so she could go on and create her beautiful art, which I have a piece of hanging in my house. So that is our opportunity. And I'm gonna go through the steps of how you work with any trauma, how you allow yourself to go to those depths of pain so that you can go to your radiance and grow and shine even brighter. But first, I wanna share something from our sponsor, In order to live your happiest and healthiest life, you have to have a clean, effective multivitamin that you can trust. When Kat Schneider realized that this didn't exist, she decided to create her own and founded Ritual. Now, I've talked about it before in the podcast. They became a sponsor, and I loved it so much, I became a paying customer. I'm telling you, Ritual is obsessively researched. It is designed for women by women, and it contains nine nutrients that are difficult to get enough of every day, even if you're on a healthy diet. So instead of taking five or eight different vitamins or supplements, Ritual makes it easy with just two capsules a day. And I'm telling you, they taste delicious. The regulars are mint flavored. The prenatals are lemon flavored. They're so good. Ritual search the globe for the best suppliers. The pills are transparent and they tell you where the ingredients come from. And you can find everything on their website. The best part is that they are delivered to your door monthly. So for around $1 a day, Ritual is just delivered to your door monthly so you can stay on track with this healthy habit. It makes it so easy. So try Ritual today. You'll get an exclusive offer of 10% off for the first three months. Ritual is giving this to all of my listeners. Visit ritual.com forward slash purpose girl. Start your ritual today. Again, it's 10% off your first three months at ritual.com forward slash purpose girl. You will love them. So let's continue talking about what we do with our traumas and our grief and our pain and how we can shift that darkness into radiance. So first I want to share that it is super important that you not bypass a difficult experience. 
There are a lot of bumper stickers out there and a lot of people in my line of work in self-help who will immediately want to tell you to find the good, turn this into a positive situation. Um, Well, what are you grateful for? Well, at least it wasn't so bad. And we have a lot of good friends or people who love us who want to put that like cherry on top of your poo, right? So as an example, with having a miscarriage, I heard from so many people, at least you know you can get pregnant. And on the one hand, of course, that was great to know. Yes, I knew I could get pregnant. And on the other, it's like, but right now it feels like I've lost what was a baby to me. Right now I've lost the dream of this child. And so I'm not ready yet for that silver lining. And sometimes other people do that for us or to us. And sometimes we do it to ourselves. And I think it's because we are not comfortable with our dark emotions, right? even calling them dark emotions. We're just not comfortable with all of our emotions. We love the highs. We love fun. We love inspiration. We love curiosity and learning. But when it comes to grief or shame or anger, we do not love those. And for many of us, it's because we were told that they're not pretty. I so remember when I was unhappy in my first marriage, walking by myself in Miami, Florida, and walking by a group of men, construction workers, and they were whistling at me and saying, turn your frown upside down, turn your frown, you're prettier when you smile. And I wanted to just take my middle finger and just go, F you. Why do I have to smile for your enjoyment? I don't. I got to feel what I'm feeling. So as women, we know how to wallow, I think, in our upsetness, right? Which means that we know how to complain to other women, right? It's almost like a joke, like a television joke that a group of women get together and complain. And, oh, well, my kids are driving me crazy. Oh, my husband's driving me crazy. Oh, this happened. It's like we kind of love getting together and doing that. And then all we're doing is taking ourselves lower. But I don't want you to bypass. I'm going to talk about this in a minute. What we aren't great at, right? Let's say you're so furious with your partner. He really upset you or she really upset you. But you just stuff it down because you kind of think they'll never get it. This conversation never goes well. Conflict in our household, it just isn't good. So just forget it, right? So you stuff it down. And you may have learned that in your household. One of my clients who's come on several of my retreats told me that her mom always told her that anger is not pretty. So she learned, oh, well, I can't be angry. So what happened with all of her anger? Because anger is a normal emotion. She would stuff it down, right? So it got stuck then in her throat. And then when she had more anger, whether it was with classmates or it was with men she was dating or then with her husband who she ended up breaking up with, right? So then it gets stuffed from her her throat down into her heart. And then it gets stuck from her heart down into her belly. And then it gets stuck from our belly into our genitals. And we wonder why we have no libido anymore. Our whole bodies are like filled with all of this emotion that we haven't moved. And then we want to numb, right? You want to numb out with either some wine or some ice cream or some shopping or marijuana. I have one client who to numb out on her life. I smoked a lot of marijuana because that is just easier than really dealing with what is making her unhappy. So when adversity strikes, and adversity could be something that happens in the moment, like your mom passing away or like a divorce, 
Or it could be something that comes up from your childhood. You have a remembrance of being abused or an old story comes up for you, an old trigger. There are five stages of grief. This is called the Kubler-Ross grief cycle. And the first stage is denial. And this happens, a friend of mine just shared with her kids that she and her husband are getting a divorce. And one of her children immediately went, no, 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 no. And then didn't want to hear it. And then woke up the next day as if everything was fine and nothing had happened. Right. So what happens is that first we go into shock. There's so much fear and so much confusion that we deny it. We avoid it. And that is our brain's way of just dealing with the situation in the moment. And sometimes we need that because if something happens and you actually have to like move into action right then, either to take care of everyone else in the family, take care of funeral arrangements, to appease your kids. If you have other things to do, the denial is actually helpful for a certain amount of time. The thing is, at some point, the shock will wear off and you can no longer avoid or deny it. When we spend too much time avoiding or denying, that is when we start to bypass our feelings and they will come up. With my student whose husband does not like conflict, what ends up happening, she said, is then she takes it out on her kids later. She's not proud of this, but then they will do something and then it will just come out. Or another one of my clients, what happens to her? She stuffs it down when it comes to her partner and then she takes it out on herself, either through her food choices, through beating herself up by saying mean things. The emotion has to go somewhere. Or what happens with a lot of women I know is that you stuff it down and then it's always sitting right below the surface. And then your partner does one little thing, like maybe doesn't mow the lawn when they said that they would. And all of a sudden you erupt. All of your anger comes out. All of your grief comes out. 30 years of pain come out. And then what usually happens is the other person calls us emotional or says we're too sensitive or crazy and or we feel those things ourselves. So if any of those scenarios resonate or you have other scenarios that I didn't go over, know that there are healthy ways to work with your emotions and I believe in you that you want to learn how to work with them or else you wouldn't listen to this podcast, right? So every woman who listens to this podcast, you are a freaking genius. You're a genius for taking time for yourself and listening to a podcast to help you step into your power, help you live your healthiest, happiest, most radiant life. You give yourself a pat on the back. You are genius for wanting to learn new tools. So what has to happen is we have to have a healthy way to work with our emotions. So the Kubler-Ross grief model was originally introduced by Swiss-American psychiatrist Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and she found in all of her work with the terminally ill that that first stage of denial, that first stage of shock, is what happens. And then at some point we realize, no, this is real, and so we have to move into the second stage. So the second stage is anger, right? Having frustration, irritation, anxiety, this sense that something isn't fair. Why me? Right? And anger in cognitive behavioral psychology traditionally means I have been violated. My boundaries have been crossed. This isn't fair. And with this stage, I think also comes a lot of grief. And so we have to know what do we do with this grief? I was just speaking with a friend of mine who said that a year ago her mom passed away and she had done the spiritual bypass thing, which means that 
just everything happens for a reason and I can live with this. I'm resilient. I'm strong. All that kind of stuff. Bumper sticker. And then it was only a year later when she and I were in a women's program together that she realized the depth of the grief and anger that she had not expressed, but that it was in her. So here's the deal. If you dull any part of you, then you are dulling all of you. You can't just dull the quote unquote dark emotions, but think you're going to live in the highest light. It doesn't work like that. Dulling any part of you is dulling. And so if you want to live fully, you want to reach the heights of the heights. You want to radiate. You want to be alive. Then you have to actually work with, work with the anger. You're right. It is not fair for your mom to have died at a young age. It is not fair for you to have been abused. It is not fair for you to have fertility issues or for me to have infertility issues. It is not fair that Ed died right in front of me. That is not fair. And we are worthy. We are righteous in our anger. And then what we actually have to do is allow ourselves to feel it. The key is you don't take it out on someone else. Healthy ways are if you are a screamer, and even if you're not, I recommend it, that you find yourself a private space. It could be your car. It could be a room in the house. You send everyone else in the house out for ice cream and you take a room in your house and you scream your head off. And when I say scream, you might need to cover your ears for a second. This is what I mean. Ah! You really let it out. Now, for some of you, you might not be able to access that because you've never done it. But if that, oh God, that feels so good. I just have to tell you, it feels so good. If that is piled up in you, then it needs to come out. So one way is through your voice, through your voice. And if you want practice, I love doing sessions on this. So just send me a note, purposegirl.com, and we'll do a session on this. Another is through your body. Because what happens is all of our emotions get stuck in our bodies, right? Your issues affect your tissues. Have you ever heard of that? And so it has to go somewhere. And that's when it starts showing up and starts eating away at your body. And that's when people end up with irritable bowel syndrome or extra weight around their bellies. Like it has to go somewhere. And so we have to be able to move our bodies. And a couple of techniques I use is I'll get a toy bat, right? You can get it by the brand Nerf, N-E-R-F. And I'll go into the woods and find a tree that's already dead. And I'll ask that dead tree, do you mind if I beat you up? <laughs> and it will usually say no. Or since it's a Nerf bat, I can do it on pillows on my bed or I could do it on a couch. And I do all of the above. And I will take that bat and I will just beat the heck out of those pillows or out of that already dead tree. And I will get it out of my body. I will get the unfairness, the injustice out of my body. And I'll usually combine body with screaming and it feels so good. And sometimes it will be just, I'll need like two minutes and sometimes I'll need 20. You got to give yourself that gift. Another way to work with it is something that I adopted from the writer John Gray called a love letter. And you are entitled, you are allowed to write a letter to someone or something angry. And the love letter sounds like this. I am so pissed. How dare you? You effing jerk, whether it is to the universe for taking away someone you love, or it is to your mother for not taking care of her body, or it is to your abuser, or it is to the girls who were mean to you when you were in 12th grade. You are entitled. You get it out on paper and you write it and you write it. Screw you. I'm mad at you. How dare you? You got to get this stuff out of your body. 
And what you will find under anger typically is grief and sadness. And the thing is, we don't want to feel that grief. We don't want to feel that sadness. But what grief and sadness mean in cognitive behavioral therapy is loss. And the only reason that we ever feel loss is because we had something that we loved. We had something that we desired. And so you are entitled. The depth that you allow yourself to feel your grief is the depth of your love. So it's actually a beautiful thing. And so you are entitled in this stage to grieve. And the way I grieve is I will turn on sad music and I will cry and I will dance and I will move my body. And then I will take pillows and I will hug and I will hug and I will cry some more and move my body and move my body. We've got to get it out. And again, I love doing this this work with people. It's part of the goddess work that I do. So there is a goddess called the queen of death. And often we don't want to face her. But the queen of death reminds us that there is a cycle of life. The cycle of life is birth, life, death, rebirth. And that is a cycle that's very natural. If you look around at nature, if you live somewhere where there are four seasons, birth in spring as we start seeing buds on the trees and in flowers, summer full life, full blooming, moving into dying through the fall as the leaves fall off the trees, and death in winter. And then in the spring, there is rebirth. This happens in the cycle of ocean and waves. This happens with night and day and sun and moon. And this happens in our bodies. Every seven years, every cell in our body is replenished with new cells. We're constantly growing and evolving. And yeah, the beauty industry wants to make us feel bad for it, like there's something wrong with us for aging. No, that's called growing and rebirth. And so you have a choice with every challenging situation to allow the queen of death to work with you and grieve and let go of the loss. She has a beautiful mantra, which goes, I release, I trust. I trust, I release. Because as much as we want to hang on to everything, we can't hang on. I wasn't meant to hang on to the first two babies that I lost. I was meant to release them. And that is hard to trust. What we have to trust is everything that we release is making space for new, which then moves us into the third stage of grief, which is called bargaining. And this is when we struggle to find meaning, right? We maybe reach out to others. We start telling our story. And this is a beautiful point. In positive psychology, we know that the narrative that you tell around a story makes a difference in how happy you are or or your own well-being. And if you just tell the narrative, what was me, this sucks, that sucks. But if you start telling the narrative, you find meaning in what happened. Now, again, there's a lot that happens before this, right? We need to feel the feelings. We need to get it out. So this is not the first stage. This is after. But then we start really saying, what have I learned here? Or what's the blessing here? Or what would my mom want for me? Or what would Ed want for me? How could I use this experience in a positive way in my life? And a positive way might be to finally understand grief or might be to finally deal with pain or might be to teach your kids how to do that. But in that bargaining is when we can start to shift. And in positive psychology, we have a term post-traumatic growth. Now, most people know post-traumatic stress disorder, right? That is trauma happens and you immediately go into the shock And you go into the anger and you never get out. 
Now, that can happen at the same time. There's nothing wrong with that. I had PTSD for a long time about my abuse by my first love. I've been feeling lately like I might still have some PTSD around the miscarriages and that that's some work I want to do with a therapist. And you can have post-traumatic growth, PTG, at the same time. Post-traumatic growth, the term coined by two psychologists, Tadeshi and Calhoun, they find that it's the struggle with the meaning that actually allows you to grow. What they find is that there are several ways that we can grow from trauma. One way is we deepen relationships. So what happened for one of my coaching clients is that when her mother passed, she and her sisters, who had been fairly estranged, rebuilt their relationship. And now they're so close. She said, it's amazing. I had joined your Empowered program to have a sisterhood. And now I also have my sisters, my, my birth sisters. And so sometimes there is a moment of growth that happens in deepening relationships. What also can happen is a new appreciation of life, right? So after I was robbed at gunpoint, I said, oh my God, life is short. I better pursue that purpose now. And that's what I try to teach you every single episode, every single day on the Purpose Girls Facebook group, every single coaching client, every single retreat. Life is short. We don't know. The same thing has happened with Ed's passing, that we must live our purpose. And that's why I do it in Ed's name. So we can have a new appreciation for life when trauma happens. We also can see new possibilities for life. And my friend that I was mentioning that her mom passed away a year ago, her mom passed away of cancer and had not taken good care of herself. And so my friend became obsessed with trying to understand nutrition, trying to understand how to take care of her body so that her kids never had to be without her at such a young age. And so it became for her finding new possibilities for health and well-being. And then she ended up getting trained as a nutritionist and now she works as one. So we can find new possibilities from the trauma. This is all of what happens in this bargaining stage or what I love to think of as post-traumatic growth. And if it hasn't happened for you yet with one of your traumas, you can create it. You can say, what now do I appreciate about life that I didn't before? What mantras do I now have? What ways of life? What values? You can say, what possibilities do I see from this? What wisdom have I gained that I would love to share with someone else? You can now say, what relationships have strengthened because of this or could strengthen? Maybe you join a support group and that that's going to create new relationships for you. You can have spiritual growth. That's a form of post-traumatic growth. But this finding meaning allows us to now shift into further stages. Now, what Kubler-Ross found is that at this stage, you might have depression because you really now are realizing that the trauma was real, that it is inevitable that you have to shift and release. And so that can come with a whole lot of pain, might even come with some desire to flee, and that it's absolutely normal. And so this is when I recommend you have a ton of self-compassion, a ton of love, you surround yourself with people, with sisterhoods in love because this is part of the release process. And release doesn't mean that we let go of the person or let go of the situation forever. It means that we release it taking us down. And it can come back up, but just know that some depression might happen here. And then we begin the integration. We start working in our new meaning into our lives. We start integrating it into living differently and then moving into full acceptance. So with this integration, now you start to say, what do I want to do differently in my life because of it? This is how we have full acceptance and beyond acceptance, we have growth and aliveness. 
Because now you might say, well, because my mom was sick, I want to help other women who are ill. Or you might say, I want to teach my children how to eat differently. Or you might say, I want to shift my internal negative self-talk and start incorporating daily positive self-talk. That each one of these is now taking, you've taken what was difficult and traumatic and you're shifting it now into growth for you to be more radiant. And this is why you actually have to feel the depths in order to reach the heights. They go together. I call it the full range. One of my clients helped me see when I talked about this, she said, it's like a mountain range. There are peaks and there are valleys and there's different size peaks. And it's like, yes, it's the full range. And that's what it is to be a fully alive woman. And if you want to be your happiest, healthiest, most vibrant, most radiant self, if you want to live this life and suck up the marrow of every moment, if you want to die knowing that you've really lived then this is available to you. And this is what I did with Ed's passing. And I'm not saying it was easy and I'm not saying it was quick. This, I wish things happened quicker and easier sometimes with the challenges. And this is life. And what I know is that you are a woman of influence. You influence everyone around you. And so as they watch you turn your pain into purpose, as they watch you face your fears and go to the depth of grief in order to radiate light, they are learning to do the same. You are taking others higher. And that's how we become our happiest, best selves. And that's how we change the world one woman at a time. So Ed, wherever you are, thank you for the life that you've given to me and that you remind me to live every day. To us, know that I love you and I'm holding you and I wish I could take your pain away. But I guess even more so, I wish for you to have the safe space to feel it and release it and then integrate it and do something fabulous with it. To use it as fuel for growth. And to all of you out there, thank you for listening to this really important episode of the Purpose Girl podcast. It means so much that I can share my full heart with you. If this episode moved you, and I hope that it did, then I ask you to go over to Apple Podcasts or your listener and give a five-star rating and just one sentence about what the podcast means to you. Share what the podcast means to you on your Instagram, tag me, or on your Facebook and tag me. Again, that's how we change the world one woman at a time. Share this podcast with friends, with family, and tag me so that I can see it and I can share your love. As always, if you have not yet joined the Purpose Girls Facebook group, what are you waiting for? We are a group of women where you can come on and you can post that you're feeling sad about your mom passing or you can post that you need to get over a breakup and you will instantly have like 10 women respond to you and say, I'm here for you. I love you. We got you. That's what that group is there for. And we want to hear from you and we want to love and support you. Also, if you want to follow me or send me a direct message, go on Facebook to my coach, Karen page. That is how you will be able to send me a direct message. And I respond to all of my messages myself. Also follow me over on Instagram at Karen Rockhind. And if you have not gotten your 50 happy tips or your living on purpose guide, or you just want to check out my upcoming retreats and coaching packages and work, or you want to take me up on doing the the goddess work and the grief and anger work, then go on over to purposegirl.com and send me a message and we'll talk about how that would look for you. I love working with you. I love serving you. I love hearing from you. I love it when you post about the Purpose Girl podcast because I love changing the world one woman at a time together.
With that, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.